Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Precious Father, we just want to thank you for the gift of your son, the love that no human mind can understand. Only our spirit can begin to articulate that. We trust you to teach us the mysteries of the cross. The plan you even finished before the foundation of the earth. So that we will believe and benefit from it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This short story, I deleted it from my sermon. But it's a young man, his name is... I-A-N, is, is it I-A-N? I-A-N. I-A-N. How do you pronounce I-A-N? Ian. He went to Bible college, wanted to be a, a minister, and they fell out. Then he went to theological college, and he got a, a degree in theological college. And he was born into a Christian home. But he became an adult doing all of these things. He did theology. Then at a the point, he met somebody, one of the major speakers in this country that writes very popular books. And the man came to uh, speak in the university where he was. So he sat the man down. He said, I've done theology. He said, I've done religion. I've done mystacology. I've done how to preach. I've done all of those things. He said, something is missing. Something is missing in my life. He said, what is it? And the man said, he said, no, I don't want you to tell me about religion. I've been that, I've, I've done that. He said, don't teach me theology. I have a degree in theology. He said, there's something missing in my life. And this man, very popular author in America, didn't have an answer. Didn't know what to tell him and couldn't tell him anything until many years after. By the time he found out what he should have said, don't even know where the man is. But the scripture has the answer. Can I hear him? And that's the topic of what we're talking about today. The essence of our Christian faith. What do you distill it down to? What is it all about? The things that matter most. The essence of Christianity. If somebody asks you and said, give it to me in two words. I don't want, I don't want long stories. What is the essence of Christianity? What is it all about? What is the thing that matters? Is it Ten Commandments? Is this it? This is it. Just give me what matters most. That man said, I didn't know what matters most. I'm just going all over the place. Something is missing. Colossians 3.11. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that what matters. Distill it down to that. If you remove Christ... You remove the thing, the, the thing that matters. If you remove Jesus, you're talking religion. That man said, I've tried it. 
I went to theological school. They didn't teach Jesus. I went to church. They didn't mention him. They were talking about Jesus, all the hymns and all that, but that wasn't the focus. Christ is the reality of God. All that matters is Christ, and he lives in us. Christ, and Christ in you, is the essence of Christianity. 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2, Paul knew this. Paul said, for I determined not to know anything among you. I'm not interested in your theology. I'm not interested in this. Whatever. I have no interest in all of that. I want the only thing that matters. If you remove it, it's nothing in it. He says, I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Case closed. This is the essence of our faith. If you don't know it, know it today. I don't care what they tell you. I don't care what they're hearing, wherever. I don't care your rituals you are doing. You're wasting your time. The essence of Christianity is Jesus Christ and him crucified. If you remove him, you have nothing. It's zero. Without him, nothing happens. He's all and all. When you understand it, it cure you from ritualism, cure you from all this kind of junk that is going all over the place. And you understand what Paul understood. He said, I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to know anything. I want to go to the core thing that matters, and that is Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that's what we're talking about today. I want to remind us, I want to make some basic points before we go on. So we, we need to be sure that what we are doing, that it's really working. I want to let us understand that the sole responsibility to understand what God is saying is yours. It's not mine. It's yours. You have the sole responsibility. That's your primary responsibility. It's not secondary. Nobody can do it for you. Because many times we are not aware of this, so we think that we're just absent-minded and we don't make effort to understand because we believe that if something happens, there might be somewhere, somebody somewhere who will come and pray me out of the problem. I wish it happens like that. I really wish it happens like that. I want to read Mark 6, 5. If you are thinking like that, please take note of the scripture. And he could dare do no mighty work. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't help them. Save that he laid his hand upon a few sick fools and healed them. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why couldn't he do anything? And he marveled because of their unbelief. That's what stopped it. And before now, he was teaching them. They, they didn't make effort to hear, to understand. Number two. Jesus has done all that needs to be done, provided us any, everything that needs to be provided to you and me to live life here on earth and to live a godly life. Everything that needs to be provided has been provided us. If you see Jesus physically now, there's nothing else he's giving you. He's giving you everything. And when he provided it to us, he went back to heaven. Second Peter 1, 3. For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to, to life. 
Everything you need to live, Jesus provided. So you don't even need to see him physically. Because he's giving it all to us. And the things we need to, to, for life and godliness, through the full personal knowledge of him, who called us by and to his own glory and excellence. And number verse 4, by means of these, he has bestowed on us his precious and exceedingly great promises, so that through them, you may escape by flight from the moral decay, rottenness, and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness, loss, and greed, and become sharers, become partakers of the divine nature. What else will God give us? He made us partakers of his divine nature. But it is our responsibility to know him so we can discover this truth. Number three, the Holy Spirit is here to teach us distance. Jesus, the essence of our faith. The Bible says in him is all, all, all uh, um, wisdom and knowledge, everything. You see. Now the Holy Spirit is here to teach us those things. Not to do ritualism. He's not interested in all of that. He's interested in the thing that matters, Christ and him crucified. What God executed for mankind. The Holy Spirit came to teach us this thing. So we see what benefit there is there for us. And those benefits are the things that we need to live our life in full. And to live a godly life in full. 1 Corinthians 2.12 Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. It's up to you. It's up to me. It's simply up to you. It's up to me. When you know these things, if you sit down and they're teaching these things, you should listen. There's life in the ear. You should listen. So let's see those things that Jesus provided us, which we've been talking and talking and talking. And the Lord said to me, say, keep teaching. Don't ever stop. Because that's the message. Outside of those things Jesus provided, I didn't give anything else. So one of the things that he provided us right here is that he's the perfect sacrifice. The atoning sacrifice for the sins of mankind. Your sins are my sin. He atoned for it. And remember that sin is the main issue. He atoned for it. The only sacrifice that atones for sin is the one that Jesus offered. What does it mean to atone for our sins? He paid a reparation for our sins. A reparation is what you pay for the wrong that you've done. He paid a reparation. He paid in full for the penalties of my sin and your sin. And what did he used to pay? He didn't pay with dollar. He didn't pay with, he paid with his life. That's what we are looking at today. I wanted that thing up there. He paid with his life. Can you pull that thing up a little bit? Just a few minutes you can take it off so you can still see me. Just a few minutes. He paid with 
his life. The scripture says, the soul that sinned shall what? Die. He paid it, he died. Not because of what he did, but because of what I did. He paid a reparation. He paid in full. And when reparation is paid, the person that did the wrong, the wrong has atoned for it. So he, he's, not, he's not required to pay anything else. And then the second thing is that he doesn't suffer any more, any more punishment for that because reparation has been fully paid. So when Jesus paid with his life, you can take it off now. When he paid with his life, he paid reparation for my sins and your sins. And when he paid that, we were legally free to walk away from all the penalties because he paid the total penalties. And nobody and nothing else can pay for it except the life of the Son of God. Isaiah 43 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of what? All of us. God took our iniquity and laid it on Christ. So he was now bound to pay for all of it because he took it on him. So he was now bound to pay for it. It's like debt transfer. Somebody takes my debt and transfers it to a comp- another company. If I'm owing, and somebody takes that debt and transfers it, I'm no more owing. That company that took over my debt is bound to what? Pay for it. That's what happened. God transferred our iniquity to Christ. And when God did that, we owe nothing. Guess who owed everything? Christ. You must understand this. New, uh, Young's literal translation said, All of us, like sheep, have wandered. Each to his own way we have turned. And Jehovah had cursed to meet on him the punishment of all our sins. Why? God transferred our iniquities on him, and then God punished him for it. He took it. He paid full reparation for it. Second Corinthians 5.21 For he had made him to be seen. See? Made him to be seen. Who knew no sin? God transferred our sin to him, made him to be sin. Who knew no sin? That we, that knew sin, he transferred his righteousness to us. It's a mystery. Romans 3, 24. This is a key thing that every Christian must be very familiar with. It's not just to talk about it, but to believe it. To believe it. Remember, we're talking about the essence of Christianity. The thing that matters most is Christ crucified. 
Romans 3.24, yet God with undeserved kindness declared that we are righteous. <laughs> Can I hear amen? Why? Because you transferred all your iniquity to somebody else. You don't have any iniquity. So he transferred the righteousness of Christ to us. He declared us were righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus. When he freed us from the penalty of our sin. Can you put it up, please? Romans 3, 24. He did this through Christ Jesus where he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Where he freed us from the penalty for our sins. The thing that matters is Christ and him crucified. He freed you and me from the penalty of our sins. Why? He paid the penalty. And we are free. He freed us from it. Paul said, I don't want to know anything except Christ and him crucified. How he freed me from the penalty of sin because that's the cross of the issue. If he didn't free us from the penalty of sin, we are going nowhere. We are going to hell. We have no relationship with God whatsoever. You won't be a new person. This is the thing that matters. Don't just talk it. Get used to it. Believe it. Live in it. And you see wonders in your life. I'm telling you the truth. You see, people, people will say, Pastor, you see wonder. You don't have to struggle for anything. I've said it. Toiling is cost. You flourish. Because the thing that the devil uses to stop us is this same thing. You know many people don't believe this thing. Look at this, it's too good for them. But that's absolute truth. If you don't believe this, you don't even believe in, in Christ as your Savior. Because that's the Savior. That's what he saved you from the penalty of your sins. You say, how do I know people don't believe it? Because you see people struggling to pay for their sins. They are still struggling to pay for their sins. So, oh, somebody, uh, let me fast. After fasting, he now feels he has atoned for his sins. And that's when God will not look at him. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood. If you believe that, you don't have to fast to, for your sins. To, God says that require no other sacrifice. This is the perfect sacrifice. And if you know this, your boldness will go through the roof. When you pray, you expect answer. I'm telling you, when you rebuke the devil, you expect him to get up. Your faith will be on fire. Because nothing will stop you. You get other promises of God just, just like that. Because you know we have qualified for it. Praise the Lord. Secondly, he paid a ransom, like we said, which you just read it, he freed us from that. And then he paid a ransom. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. That is Romans 3 25. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are now made right with God when they believe. When they believe. When they believe, not when they go to church. 
Going to church is good, but you have to believe. You have to believe. We have to believe. You have to believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood for you. You have to believe this. It's not talk about it and it just as an idea. Maybe that's a truth. Hebrew 9.15. That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant. That's how this new covenant came about. A new covenant between God and people. So that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance now. God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of... Penalty of what? Of the sins they are committed. Twice now the scripture repeated that. Ephesians 1 7. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom. He paid a reparation. He purchased our freedom. He paid a, a reparation. Our freedom with the blood of his son and now forgave our sins. And because of this reparation he paid, we are free from the wrath to come. Why should the wrath come on me? When the Bible says, please God to smite him. But people don't understand this. And it's because of what we preach in the body of Christ. We preach a lot of junk that is not bad. And people go home with guilt, condemnation, no faith, nothing. And failure is what comes. And then they line up and the so-called man of God thing has so-called calling. He's calling, he's lining up. Immature people every day come to him to be praying for them. And he thinks, my ministry is growing. You don't have ministry. If you have ministry, they won't come to you. If you have ministry, they would have grown. If you have ministry, they will be praying for other people. Can I hear amen? If you really have ministry, they won't need you. <laughs> what do they need you for? They have grown now, matured. That's what ministry means. They have grown, come into the maturity, in the image, maturity of being like Christ. That grow. You see, that's why God gives pastors to train, to train the body to grow, to mature until the perfect image of Christ, maturity, so there are no more children being tossed up all over the place. They know what they have. They know where to stand. They know how to fight it. They know what is theirs. And the devil comes, they deal with him. They don't need the pastor. That's, a, that's real ministry, is to release people into their calling into their abilities, into what God called them to be. And so they go and become people that Jesus is using to draw people into his kingdom. Who among you have children? And you want your children, every day they come and depend on you. And when they are 50, they are still coming. At 60, if my father was alive and I'd still be depending on him, what will you tell me? Where we came from, even our culture doesn't allow it. Because at the time, that your, your, your relatives will have a meeting and go and get a wife for you. They have a meeting. Say, hey, they go and get Agnes for you. They call you and say, you are married. Because they know, no, that's not. It's supposed to be mature. And be able to take care of your own affairs. That's ministry. That's a healthy ministry. That's a very good ministry. First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.10 And to wait for his son from heaven, 
who had raised, who he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivered us from the wrath to come. We're free from the wrath to come. Why he paid the reparation, paid in full. God smite him. Please God to smite him. So why should God smite me? The right to come is not for me. John 3, 16, what does it say? For God so loved the world that what happened? That what happens? That those who believe in him will be, have the right on them. What did the Bible say will happen? They will not perish, but what would they have? The Bible says there's no condemnation for them. Because Jesus paid the reparation. Paid it in full. Paid the reparation with his life. Paid the penalty. And released us from the penalty. Now, let me tell you about the devil. You know, if you've been to, 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 to jail... I've, I've been there a couple of times in my course of my job in this country. I've had to be to go to jail and I've been to jail. Not me, but I've been to see people. So when when you when when you have when you come to court, let's paint this picture here. You come to court and you are guilty. And the judge says you are reparation, what you need to pay to be free of this person you hit is to pay $50,000. And you write a check for $50,000 and hand it over. What happens to you? Talk to me now. You go home. You know the jailers that used to, that used to escort you to jail? They will stand there and watch you do what? Go home. Because you... When Jesus wrote the check for my sins and handed it over, the devil, the jailer, has nothing to do. He just stood there and watched me do what? Case closed. He, he can't hold me because I'm owing nothing. He can't. Because I'm owing absolutely. I paid the check. Jesus wrote it with his blood. Gave the check his life, handed it over. He gave his life. He handed it over. When he gave his life, all the jailers were mesmerized. Because what gave them authority was I was guilty. So I had to be in jail. But the judge came and said, no, this is what the penalty is. And he paid it for me. And the jailers lost the authority to hold me. That's how Satan lost his authority over you. Because what gave him the authority was sin. When Jesus paid in full, he was disarmed. Somebody shout hallelujah. He was completely what? Disarmed. Totally disarmed. Oh, I pray you know these things. Totally disarmed. That's what I told the devil. When the devil came and took my son, when he to, I saw it in Revelation. And he took him and I ran after him. I said, give my son right now. He said, I said, give me my son. He, he was doing that. I said, you have forgotten what he did to you. He said, who? I, I said, the one that defeated you on the cross now. He paid for me. He said, you don't know what you did now. Take your son. Take your son. All of them, woo, they were men. Woo, boom. I took my son. The following day, that boy became sick. Exactly that I saw happen like that. We took him to hospital. Thank God for Nigeria. By the time the doctor came, I mean, I was after. By the time he came, he said, where is he? The boy was playing outside. If you saw the condition in which he was, believe me, you know, that thing I saw happen really. That thing happened. That when they heard him, happened the physical. 
So we rushed him to hospital. By the time the doctor came, they were looking for him. So they had him playing, play, play, play some that outside. And the doctor said, is this the boy you brought that is sick? I said, he was, he was sick before we came. He didn't come. I said, well, I was Sunday morning. We put him in the car, went back, went to church. It's only that thing I saw when they had him, when that sickness was. So when they released him, what was, was free. I saw it. But I told the devil, I said, how can you forget what he did to you? He said, who? I said, the one that they will tell on the cross now. He paid the food, can't do anything. You see, he don't know what you did. He don't know. Take your son. Take your son. Brethren, this is, we're dealing with deceit. If you know the truth, the truth will what? Always work for you. I challenge him with the truth. He can't, he can't, he can't deny it. He can't deny it because it's a fact. The jailer can't touch me. Because reparation has been fully paid on my behalf. And the judge of all the earth says, no penalty on you. Go. Colossians 1.13. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom purchased it. That freedom was purchased when he paid the reparation. The freedom was purchased when he paid with his life. It was purchased and forgave our sins. It was purchased. Colossians 2.13 You were dead because of your sins. Because your sinful nature was not yet caught away. Then God made you alive with Christ. For he forgave. See where this thing keeps coming. Forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness. Because he paid in full, your sins are forgiven. Jesus said we should go and preach forgiveness of sins. He paid in full. He said he forgave all sins. 14. He canceled the record of what? I am not looking at. Can you read? Is it too small for you? Okay. He canceled the record of what? Against who? All <laughs> oh, the record of church is canceled because he paid in full. The Bible says he purchased our freedom. Purchased our freedom. He paid in full. So all the charges against us, he took it away by nailing it where? When he died, he gave his life, he nailed all of it, destroyed it, tore it to prostrate. It's irrelevant, it's consequential, it doesn't matter, he paid with his life. What else? I'm owing nothing. Verse 15, in this way, in this way we talked about, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. You see, when we talk about Jesus, you know, defeating the devil, people think he's a physical thing. I have seen pictures where they're showing physical. <laughs> the weapons of our warfare are not what? Are not physical. There's no physical confrontation. It was a legal thing. It was simply a legal arrangement. The devil legally had us. Because the, the, the Adam handed him over the, the everything. He told Jesus, all these things were given to me. It was given to me by your man, Adam. Yes, when Adam surrendered and obeyed him, he became, the devil became his boss. And when Jesus came, he took away everything from the devil. Praise the Lord. 
Are you following what I'm saying? Is this new? If you are following me, shout hallelujah. You know, if you believe this, you will overcome sickness very quickly, very easily. Because it's the devil that makes you sick. I, don't, I can't say it enough. It's the devil that makes you sick. The devil causes sickness. If you don't know this, you'll be fighting the wrong battles. It's him. Everything I see, I, any pain, any, I say, devil, it's you, it's you, it's you. In Jesus, take your hands off my body. It's you. Verse 15. In this way, he disarmed. In this way, he what? The spiritual realized. What did he take away from them was that were their weapon. Our sin empowered them. Before sin came, there was no death. The Bible says sin, when sin came, what followed it? Death came. You remember the devil was there. When Adam was there, what did he do? But the moment Adam sinned, death, devil came. Death followed it. And when Jesus came, he paid for the sin. Death with death. Death with the devil. That thing he trusted was our sin. When he paid in full, the, dev- the jailer, the jailer has no more charge sheet for you. The Bible said that charge sheet, he nailed it on the cross, destroyed everything. Are you here? Are you excited? Yes. Hebrew 2.14. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood. The son also became flesh and blood. He became human too. See, the Bible says that the demon spirits want to deny that Jesus became human because they want to tell you he didn't represent you. That's what the scripture says. It said that the spirit of the Antichrist will deny that he came in the flesh. Because he doesn't want you to believe he represented you. Is it a spirit that will represent you? That was why he was born of a woman. So he can represent us. So he said, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil. When he paid for sins, he broke that power. Case closed. Because it was the sin that empowered him. The sting of death is what? The sting of what? The sting of what is what? The sting of what is what? The sting of who? Is what? Okay, so the sting of sin is, so the poison that sin, boom, like a scorpion, is death. When you remove sin, what is the sting? So he said, it's a little, he can break the power of, the, of death. Of, um, for only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. He had the power of death. He had, H-A-D, not have, had the power of death. He doesn't have it. The sting of sin is death. He doesn't have it no more. Verse 15, only in this way could, who say, could, could he set free 
all who have lived their lives as slaves to fear of dying have to fear anything no more. But let me tell you, you are not dying anyway. I'm telling you, you are not dying anyway. And shouldn't have that fear because Jesus has delivered you from that fear. He came to give you life and to give you life how? How about that? You live out your life in full. And then the last thing I want to talk about because of time is that he, he rescued us from causes. You know, causes is what the, the things that happen to us as a result of breaking God's law. He brings causes. He brings causes. Galatians 3.10 For those, but those who depend on the Lord to make them right with God are under his cause. For the scripture says, cost is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commandments that are written in, the God, in God's book of the law, and we didn't. So that's why the Bible says if you want to depend on this system, you'll be under God's cause. And because we broke God's law, all we like sheep have gone astray. So we're under cost. But when Jesus came, he became a cause for us. So the cost of the law, again, is part of the penalty. He absorbed it into himself because he became sin and became a cause. Oh, shout hallelujah. He became sin, he became a cause. He hung on the tree. The Bible says, cause is any man that hangs on the tree. When he hung there, he became a cost person. Remember that at that moment, he said, my father, my father, why hast thou forsaken me? God forsook him. And when God forsook him, he became poor. He lost all his inheritance and everything because God forsook his son because he became sin. If God will lead me, I'll, I'll talk a little bit on the scripture that God says, that you are my begotten, my, my begotten son. This day have I begotten thee. You will know when God came back to him and raised him from the dead. That was when God forsook him. That was when God sent his power and raised him from the dead. And said, now you are my begotten son. And that was in reference not just to him but to us. That those who believe in him now are all my begotten children. Praise the Lord. Galatians 3.13 Christ has redeemed us from the cost of the law, being made a cost for us. As it is written, cost is everyone that hanged on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. It's just through faith. Now let me read message, the same Galatians 3.13. Christ redeemed us from that self-defeating cost life by absorbing it completely into himself. Do you remember the scripture that says cost is everyone who hangs on a tree? That is what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. He became a cause. Are we right up to this point? Are we in agreement? Okay, he became a cause and at the same time dissolved the cause. If he became a cause for me because he, my sin was transferred to him and he hung there as a cause and then causes everyone that does not walk in all the laws of God and I didn't and God transferred it to him, he became a cause for me. 
what cause will come upon me again? Permanently dissolved, permanently, totally, com completely, for eternity dissolved. He absorbed my sin, absorbed the punishment, absorbed the cost. And guess what? I'm free. That's why he said to the Jews, he said, only the song can set you what? Free. And if the song will set you free, you're free. All these things you are telling me, you Abraham children, I say, you are, you are, you are your father, the devil, you're under bondage, you don't know what you're talking about. So the cost is threefold. That the cost of spiritual death, which is separation from God. Remember, but Jesus was forsaken. Ephesians 2.30. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ, not through any other thing. We are back because he paid with his blood. So we're Jesus, like God accepts us. That's why he gave us his righteousness. Then cause of poverty, 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that through, though he was rich, because he, was, he had everything with his father. But when God, God says, when he says, my father, why has that forsaken me? At that point, he had nothing. He gave up everything for us. When he had no more the father in him, he had nothing. Though he was rich, yet he, for your sakes, for your sakes, for your sakes, for your sakes, he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. So when God forsake him, I mean when God forsook him, and through his blood God accepted us, we, we, we acquired, God became our blessing, become our father. We became members of his family and heirs of the kingdom. We became rich. Very rich. And they say it happens through Christ. Romans 8, 16. The spirit is a buried witness that with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and join heirs with Christ. You can't be richer than that. Now, somebody said, if this is true, why do people suffer? Why Christians suffer and get sick and do all that? Let me tell you a story about this iPad. Can I? A few, seven minutes. This iPad was given to me, beautiful. Better than the old one that I had. I was nine years old. But you know, every single time I come to preach, it will be shortened down in two, two minutes. It will shut down. And then I start, I start to open it up again. I don't know if people notice. I start to open it up again. And then, you know, and I will shut down again. I start to open it up. So by the time I open it up, I'm waiting. Sometimes I, meet a, I miss a verse. So this thing continued to happen. So after last Sunday, something said to me, what is happening to your iPad is inside it. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, there's a setting that you need to adjust. If you don't adjust it, it will be shortened because it was said to be adjusted, to be shortened down in two, two minutes. I said, yeah, that's true. So I went to the setting and realized that that's true. He was said to every two minutes to do what? Shut down. So I now, there's option to say never. I, I, I'm not moving, never. I put never, no more. 
That is what happens to us. What is causing our troubles inside of us? It is what we believe. The day you go and adjust it to what God said, never. Pim. All that shutting down, the shutting down, is because inside of you, there's something that was said like that. Jesus says, shall be to you according to your what? Period. No two, no two ways about it. The day you take the word of God and adjust that thing and remove that setting that you believe, the day you do that, you, the t- circumstance will change. Somebody said something, and I believe him. He said, somebody told him, he said, he said preacher, he said, I know somebody who believed the word of God and they didn't work for him. He said, there's no such person. Because he said, either God is lying or he's not lying. So he said, there's no such person. The Bible said, those that believe in him shall not be put to what? He said, there's no such person. They don't exist. He said, what happens is they have their own version of believing, which is not God's version. When you create your own version and say, Pastor, I believe, you won't listen to be th- you won't listen to be taught what faith means, I believe, and you don't really. That your version of believing won't work for God because God has only one version of believing. Believe with your heart and doubt not. We should take time to study these things and go to God and say, Lord, you, I need to understand really how to believe your word. So you go inside your own heart. All the issues of life come from where? It's all there. This thing I will preach, sometimes, the other son that say, maybe I'll carry it around. I don't know if you know it. I say, maybe I'll hold it in the hand. No matter what I did, this thing will not change until I went inside there and changed the information there and put it to where it's supposed to be. And immediately I did that, it hasn't happened again. I can preach for hours. It won't, it won't shut down. The Bible said, when you go renew your mind, you'll be transformed. There are only two ways about it. Don't bring your version of faith. It doesn't work. There's only one version. Believe with all your heart and doubt not. That's what Abraham did. God's version of faith is, show me by action. You believe this thing, say, show it by action. Praise the Lord. Did you hear anything? Let us pray.